Medea, who says that? I don't know. Someone says it. That's yeah. Someone says it. Someone's uh, yeah. I know. Someone <laughs> says it. Someone does. You know, I was meaning. I was like on my way. I just went to CVS not too long ago to get like some foundation and uh, um, concealer, and because uh, you know, haven't done anything to this face in a whole calendar year, so everything's gone bad we are in 2021 okay and how many companies are not cruelty free i mean seriously does this monkey over here need to try my lipstick before i can give it a go <laughs> i mean like i just don't understand how many you know so i was just standing there in the in the aisles like is blah 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 cruelty free two people says no okay next is yeah sometimes it'll stay right on there that's cruelty free but that could mean I, like i don't always trust that like or, you know, like the chickens that they say are humane, humane. Oh yeah, the free range, range versus the cage. Yeah. I'm no, like, uh, yeah, right, free. Purdue, you're full of shit, okay? <laughs> Those little commercials don't, I'm not buying it, okay? And then I'm a get. I'm guessing, I was about to say, I'm a guessing, I'm guessing <laughs> that when it says vegan, that's gotta mean cruelty-free, or is that just talking about the contents? I just thought it meant that there was no, Animal, uh, animal byproducts in it yeah could you imagine if it was a vegan brand that did animal testing oh god <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> they found a loophole <laughs> well that's what i'm saying like you gotta you gotta watch out for these these companies i yeah. don't know i would just think in this day and age most people would not feel comfortable having their products tested on dogs and cats and monkeys and mice and stuff i don't know if if it's not good for human consumption at the testing stage then isn't that how people get money they sign up to test for these things yeah i think so yeah quick way to make it's a buck a risk, but and get yeah. like a tumor yeah <laughs> you know growing out of the side of your head kind of thing anyway but that Perfect. was just that was my that was my five minute thought before Bay's five-minute Thursday thought um, before <laughs> her CBS trip before before the podcast. Which how is are you called, doing, dear? This is oh, the yes. part I don't get. The podcast is called. Say it one more time. This is the part I don't get. Thank you, because I was interrupting you the first time you said it. Yes, I'm Bay. What else is new? Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bay, and I'm Jay. And, and let me just say, your hair that rhymes. Your hair looks so nice. It looks so long. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it is. It is getting long. I think it's just because it's like cut off. There we go. <laughs> it yeah. is a little wet. Well, that doesn't that weigh it down. Yes. Well, yes. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I'm doing okay. Just you know, getting a little frustrated at people in general. So for those of us who need a reminder, Jay is getting married in a little over a month. What's the yes. official countdown number? Uh, thirty. Got your little chalk. Chalk. Well, my wedding wire thing tells me, <laughs> but if I have one more person ask if they can invite kids, I'm free. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I know it's in the middle of COVID and you have a very strict 
a number policy of how many people you're allowed to have in one event at one time. But can I bring Bobby, Joe, Tommy, Jim, and Sue? They would I'm love sorry to- if you can't get a sitter, but that's not my fucking problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know. I sound so like insensitive. A lot of brides have been there, hon. A yeah. lot of brides have been there. And I, you know, who knows? I could be in this situation one day where I have kids and I. Yeah. Well, karma yeah. comes back around. So if yeah, there's well, anything that you're doing right I'm ready. Now, I'm ready for it. You'll get it back later. <laughs> you the worst children ever. I mean, my mom used to say that to me all the time. She's like, I hope one day you have a daughter just like <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I mean, it's a stressful time. It's one of those things that like every little thing that you're asked to do is relatively actually quite easy, Yeah. but it's just so many easy things all at once and it just becomes a lot. And then I feel like sometimes it can really fall on the bride's shoulders. Oh, Um, all the time. Yeah. And then, I mean, depending upon what family you're in and, um, yeah. And then like you, you end up like when it's over, you're so bored, there's nothing else to do. And you wonder why you worried so much. And then you think <laughs> like, well, I made all these choices for myself. So I guess I'm the only one I have to blame, you know? <laughs> I don't know. It's like, yeah. it's like you were asking for, you know, like, I want to have a very stressful couple months. <laughs> yes, I just want to pull my hair out <laughs> over like, you know, six hours of eight. A, a that's okay. You've got the podcast a couple more times before. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this is episode 58, right? Um, I think it's 58. Pretty sure. Yeah. I think that's we're so that close to 100. We're not really that. We're like you just past 60? the halfway. <laughs> we're just past the halfway we're mark. We're so close to 100. Not really. But, but when yeah, I saw 50. the... When I saw the 58 there, I was like, oh, oh, you know what? For 57, we didn't label it 57. We just put the title. We? Or was that my, was that my bad? (laughs) I thought you put in the title, right? Sorry, this is an off-air conversation (laughs) that we'll have later because no one wants to listen to this shit. It doesn't really matter. uh, Our imaginary assistant put it in there. John. We'll call him John. (laughs) John. The name will change every every week. <laughs> It'll become Janae later or <laughs> Jackie. Joe. Yes. Uh, so I think is it my turn? I was, I was trying to think about that. I like I don't know why, but I feel like I went first two times ago, and that I'm remembering, but not last week. For some reason, I thought it was my turn, but that I, I have feel a like, shorter lighthearted topic so I don't mind going last oh really I thought yours was like heavier. long and like serious because you kind of hinted at it I did week. oh no I had me a little bit of a week so I was not ready to do that oh okay okay week. good that's another day I oh, thought, okay. <laughs> I did hint at a topic to you yeah. the other day that was quite serious um and very important still so yeah. definitely worth sharing but, um, and I was totally down to do all of the research for that. But I, after having a few somewhat not so fun days, I was like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah, I know. Mine was like <laughs> full on copy and paste from a, 
I was like, I'm, I'm not going to just write this in my own words. This is just going to be somebody else's words. Like, thank you, NBCnews.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, mine's pretty lighthearted too. So. All right. So you choose. You want to go first or you want me to go first? Well, I'll go first and then we can be sure. Okay. <laughs> I'll write it down right here. Sure. <laughs> we can be so sure Ready, enough to forget. <laughs> first. Five. <laughs> What's today? The six twenty one. Okay, so my topic was uh, again my fiance, kind of happened to pulling them out. Help me, help me out with this. Well, he was he was talking about uh, so he got this property in um, uh, in the Deep, Deep Creek, and he was talking to I think the person that does uh, is like helping him with the electricity and stuff and they were trying to organize a time to meet and the guy was like, well, I can't do it that day because I have to go mushroom hunting. And nice. Jordan, my fiance was like, I'm pretty sure I misunderstood him, but I think he said <laughs> mushroom hunting. <laughs> and so I was like, let me look at this. Um, so that's my topic and it is a real thing. <laughs> okay. Um, it, my sources were Wikipedia, big shock. Um, and then a blog. He would be so proud. <laughs> A blog on wire. It's called a wire cutter. I think it's part of New York Times um, by Ben Keo. Um, so it's kind of self-explanatory. It's the activity of gathering mushrooms in the wild, typically for culinary use. Um, I was picturing them like shooting them, you know, <laughs> like you would a live game. No, no, I'm kidding. No, it's uh, she is. <laughs> You know, they run for dear life. <laughs> so it's a it's very popular in Europe, Australia, Japan, Korea, parts of the Middle East, uh, India, and um, temperate regions of Canada and the U.S. Oh, yeah. Well, I so guess it's a temperate region. Yes, I guess so. Um, excuse me. So they use a uh, what's called a spore print to identify mushrooms, which. From my understanding, it's like a fingerprint, what they use from like basically the the powdery substance that they use to reproduce kind of um, makes, has their own, like makes their own mark if you put it like up on a slide or something. Okay. Um, so there's ways to differentiate between mushrooms, obviously, you know, color, size, things like that, but they also look under, um, they look under the, they, under the cap. Um, and That's the top round part, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that can be different shapes too. <laughs> um, so usually underneath they'll have gills, like, or looks like gills, um, like you'd see, I guess, on a fish, uh, pores, ridges, or even teeth, like, um, yeah, I mean, not like, you know, just, they don't I have like weird like... sensory issues with certain types of like repetitive shapes. Well, I'm just imagining some gross didn't, stuff. Wasn't that part of your topic once? And that's like actually uh, evolutionary? I think it probably got brought up, but I don't think it was a whole topic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yes, it is evolutionary. So, so the caps can be bell-shaped. They can be triangular. They can be outwardly just rounded. They can be uh, what they call depressed, where it kind of caves in. They can be flat. They can be funnel-shaped. They can have an egg kind of shape. I said it like you. You said it just like me. Egg, I was going to say. Egg. <laughs> an egg shape. Oh my God. 
It's uh, an egg. Shit. No, <laughs> I cannot hear it. Um, <laughs> they can have a small, uh, deep depression or um, a central bump or knob. <laughs> so um, they're, you know, like I said, kind of in many different regions in the United States. It's popular in that Appalachian area and um, California, Oregon, Washington, many other regions. Um, and in England, they have a 75 day season mushroom hunting um, period of time. In Japan, um, the mutsutake mushroom is very popular. Um, and then in Slavic and Baltic countries, they it's like an actual family activity where they get together after heavy rain and then they use it for cooking. Um, there are actually uh, mushroom hunting festivals in pretty oh, much wow. throughout the world. Yeah. Um, in British Columbia, Illinois, Michigan, Colorado, Washington, California, um, Alaska, Alaska, and the one in Alaska is, Alaska is called the Fungus Fair. I just knew. <laughs> nice. Like, that sounds fun. Like if, if I saw that on a flyer, I'd be like, oh, I got to go there. <laughs> um, sounds and like there's something that would make you sick right <laughs> let's go get fungus together guys um the closest one to us i saw was kennett square pennsylvania but there was nothing about maryland um, as far as the festivals concerned yes but you know maybe deep creek needs to start their own um there's even been radiation issues uh due to chernobyl you know um what happened there that certain mushrooms are banned from being picked in russia poland um ukraine um, due to something about mushrooms makes it so they like, are they abs really absorbing yes. everything in the soil? Yeah. They're like extra radiated yeah. somehow. I mean, can I just say one of the absolute best HBO miniseries oh my gosh, I've ever seen? So good. Oh my gosh. And they were saying how like, you know, it's seeped into the ground and with the rain and everything. So like there were surrounding countries and areas where their crops were affected, you know? So I yeah. believe it. And I the fact that it's it. like still, like there's still so much radiation now is crazy. Mm -hmm. um, so some of the popular ones are, it's called the King Bolete. It's a large light brown mushroom with spots. It's found in the Northern hemisphere of Europe, Asia, North America. Um, there's one called the sulfur shell, which is really interesting. It kind of looks like a stack of yellow pancakes and it's known as the chicken of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> not, not the sea. Or the crab of the woods due to its taste. So I'm like, so it's got a chickeny fishy taste. I don't know if that sounds appealing, but. Morels are another popular one, um, but on there are also some like there's one called false morels, which are like actually really poisonous and supposedly look kind of like morels, but not close enough for you know. See, that's my question: is is like, you know, when you're a kid, they always tell you not to eat them, right? And you're gonna, you know, poison yourself. Is that a thing? Um, Do yes. People poison themselves. Well. So yes, um, there's a lot of like safety warnings in the research I did that was saying like, um, if you go mushroom hunting, like you need to bring like a book or something or go with someone who knows like how to identify them because 
Um, there are a lot that can do, you know, range anywhere from just like some nausea to full out liver failure and could actually kill you. Yeah. Look at what happened to the end of the wild guy. And that was just oh, potatoes. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. And so it's not, there's not many high, um, or the death rate is not very high for mushroom poisoning. It's about okay. three, three per year in the U S but. Oh, really? And then they say it like when you're a kid, like don't eat any mushrooms. I know. Well, I think because when you're a kid, it's, um, they're just out there. Just can be more deadly. Just yeah. picking them up and putting them in there. Yeah. Um, but I feel like mm. in this area, I don't know. I don't, I, it's not something I've heard of. So yeah, but then I'm again, not a mushroom official. Yeah, they've never even looked appetizing to me. <laughs> Definitely not growing off the side of a log. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and about 7,500 people get sick um, per year. Uh, one of the most poisonous is known as the death cap. <laughs> okay. Or the Amanita phylloidis. And that causes liver failure. Um, but it does take like good like one to two weeks okay um so it's a slow and painful yes process. slow slow and painful yeah <laughs> and like if you get to the hospital quick enough you're you should be okay but i guess people might not always think like oh it's like mushroom you know mushroom poison. yeah um so they said when in doubt throw it out <laughs> nice or, or they said take a very very small piece and make sure it's cooked all the way and see you know how you feel um <laughs> I personally wouldn't want to take that chance either. Um, Can't even enjoy it raw. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they said a lot of mushrooms are like more poisonous if they're raw. So, you know, Makes cook sense, yeah. sucker, cook, cook everything out of it. For me, the only way I like it is if it's at a Japanese steakhouse and they got it, you know, you know, in all those sauces and stuff. So you like it sauteed. That, Yeah. And it's got to be, it, I can't even, I don't want to even know I'm eating a mushroom. Like it needs to, <laughs> it just needs to have a lot of sauce and be hidden. I know we mention him all the time, but it's just like Jim Gaffigan. And he's like, I don't even like fish. I need to eat something to take away the taste of this fish. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes just like chicken. <laughs> no one likes the taste of fish. <laughs> um, so I decided to look into more of the uh, psychedelic mushrooms and what oh, exactly interesting. happened yeah, yeah. When, you know when that's so interesting how it just comes from a plant I know, from freaking fungus <laughs> <laughs> but i mean if you think about it like alcohols obviously you yeah, know true hops and all that stuff that's just grown in the ground i mean everything you know comes from mother nature at some point or another <laughs> thank but, you mother nature but you um, know so it, it's interesting so this um, psychedelic component in mushrooms is called psilocybin. Psilocybin. I hope I said that right. There's a silent P at the beginning. Um, they're also known as magic mushrooms or shrooms, as okay. some people may know them. Um, they contain psilocybin, which turns into psilocin upon ingestion. Um, it's they're base. These types of mushrooms are basically found on every continent, mostly. <laughs> excuse me, in subtropical humid forests. Um, the most, so there's different types of these psilocybin mushrooms. The most popular or most widely distributed is the, the semi, semilensieta. <laughs> <laughs> that was Good so luck. bad. That was so bad. 
Yeah, I that was, one. I was literally sounding it out as I read it. Um, well, that's how you gotta get it done. Bimilancieta. <laughs> like, no, I must. Let's just call it P-esque. The P for the psilocybin. Um, so it's uh, actually not known to cause any sort of physical or psychological dependence. Um, and I read somewhere that it actually, like, the more often, or the like, the more you take, the less effect it has, or something. So it's like kind of like the opposite of what you would like most drugs. Huh. Um, but it lasts about the high lasts for about three to eight hours, um, and about hour three to four is considered to be the peak of the high. Um, the person will usually experience or could experience visual hallucinations. They might. Um, They'll see lights or like uh, halos around things. Um, they'll have enhancement of contrasting colors. Um, surfaces will appear to ripple, shimmer, or breathe, which is really creepy. Oh my God. I, I know, can you imagine? imagine. Mm. And then objects will start to warp or morph. Um, there'll be a sense of melting into the environment. Um, and trails behind moving objects. This sounds Gross. like a horror movie. Like, why would anyone want this? Um, well, I mean, you talked about this in like the Goop Lab. Yeah. Goop, it was a Goop Lab. Yeah. 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 The I mean, they say like you can find, you know, enlightenment and then spiritual yes. healing and things yes. like that. So, I mean, I could see that. Yeah. Um, sounds yeah, scary. Yeah. A little scary. Sounds uh, have more uh, increased clarity. Some users experience synesthesia where they perceive um, visual color, visualization of colors while they, you know, when they hear a particular sound, which is that that's kind of cool, I guess. Um, but it, the emotional aspect and the high itself really depends on the setting and it depends on your current emotional state. So like, if you go into it with anxiety, you're just um, gonna have like more anxiety and like- Right, well, when attack. I'm out. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> kind of like, I feel like it's the same for drinking though. Like if you're already in a bad mood and then you drink, mm. like, I don't know. That's, I can't speak for everyone, but <laughs> usually doesn't help the situation. Um, you can also experience hilarity, which I didn't even know was a word, uh, muscle relaxation, lack of concentration, height. Like hilaria. Like a, hilaria. What's that? Baldwin. I know that's exactly <laughs> what I thought of. Um, you have difficulty discerning fantasy from reality. So, I mean, that just adds to it. Cause if you see something that's like breathing, it looks like yeah. it's breathing and you're like, and you think it's real. Um, and so needless to say, panic reactions and psychosis can uh, <laughs> can be a part of it as well. You don't um, say. And as you mentioned earlier, um, a study was done at Johns Hopkins University and they found that a dose of 20 to 30 milligrams of psilocybin per 70 kilograms um, brought lasting positive changes to uh, traits including altru altruism, gratitude, forgiveness, and feeling close to others when it was combined with meditation and an extensive yeah. spiritual practice support program. Yeah. So yeah, it's not like necessarily- it's not just like, spread from down no. the street. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> you're not just like doing it someone's backyard. Some, yeah. You have to be. And that's what they did honest. in the goop lab. You know, like they yeah. went to, they went to a completely different country, right? right? Because it's illegal here, but, and then they had like, it was like a guided practice. Yeah. Healing. Yeah. And I'm sure there was meditation and that it seemed like a pretty uh, intense Mm-hmm. Program, like a so. super intense therapy type situation yeah so um that's pretty much it i encourage you to check out the your local mushroom festival um if you want more information um or you know any uh oh i the word for an expert in in mushrooms i think was a mic Michaelet or something. <laughs> there was a word for it. There are mushroom experts. Not machinery. <laughs> mushroom <laughs> experts. Yes, please tell me what is a mushroom. Oh, there's expert? mushroomexpert.com. <laughs> okay. Called? Just in case. <laughs> Who is the mushroom guy? Oh, a mycologist, a biologist specialing in mycology. Hi, I'm Mike, the mycologist. <laughs> See what I did there? You're hilarious. I know. Hilaria. There is a mushroom guy. His name is Paul Edward Stamets, an American mycologist and entrepreneur who sells various mushroom products through his company. In case you ever needed a Look him up. (laughs) It just reminds me of like, you know, mushrooms are one of those things. It's very divisive uh, food. You know, it's either you hate it or you love it kind of situation. Like that one friend of ours that said that he would, he would rather lick the floor of the (laughs) public transportation (laughs) than eat one, which I almost feel like daring, you know, like if he was ever in a forced (laughs) to eat mushroom situation, you know, it's like really prove it. Yeah. I'm kind of, that sounds so much worse. I'm probably one of the few that's in the middle, like. I, I the big ones the big mushrooms like portobello can't, yeah they gross to me, me out. it depends on what kind and like how it's cooked i'm not like yeah if it's a if it's a small mushroom it's sliced up and yeah it's cut well enough and put in a salad raw i'll eat it yeah if it's you know this same kind of thing and it's you know or, cut up and it's cooked I'll yeah eat it. or if it's I'll in a spring a roll it can't be the main like ingredient yeah. in the food i had a hot pot uh, one time at some, a local, like hot pot place. And the, you know, like, I was just like, I had no idea there were this many types of mushrooms. That were oh my God. They're so <laughs> it was like, it was like four or five different types of mushrooms in this one dish. And I was just like a little, all right, this is enough. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've met my limits. <laughs> yeah. So mine, my topic has nothing to do with food. Um, it was like something I wrote down a long time ago when I was watching um, another Adam Ruins Everything episode. And it was like a really teeny tiny part of the, he just like mentioned it. So I had to Google it. And um, I got a lot of my information from NBC News and Wired.com. Were you aware that, um, well, first of all, do you know what the TSA is? You mean the the program for getting through like security at the Mm -hmm. airport? Yes. So Transportation Security Administration or TSA in the US is that agency that was created after the September 11 terrorist attacks. And the TSA 
manages security policies for railroads, buses, pipelines, ports, mass transit systems, and highways. But we mostly know them as the people that we have to check through getting in the airport. Um, but I had I was unaware that they were involved. I, in I never knew what buses. TSA stood for. They were just <laughs> guess, TSA. <laughs> yeah. So in transportation hubs, the TSA screen screens baggage and travelers themselves at most of the major airports in the US and it oversees contracts that are held by private screening firms who serve in a similar capacity. So with that definition in mind, were you aware that they have one of the most popular Instagram accounts out there? No, <laughs> I was not. They do. And now our Instagram now follows their Instagram. Nice. Um, so uh, the TSA hasn't really been something that people generally enjoy. <laughs> most people would consider it to be like necessary for safety, sure. but annoying, yeah. um, you know, potentially getting, well, you know, like full body scanners. If you decline the scanner, you got to have to get the pat down, take off your shoes. Privacy. <laughs> There's been a lot of reports of, yeah, invasion of privacy. Um, they've been accused, according to Wired.com, of overreaching, overspending, and redundancy. So it's not surprising to hear that they, well, it is surprising to hear that they have an incredibly successful and very popular Instagram account. I mean, who would think? TSA, Instagram. Uh, so 47-year-old Bob, Bob Burns, also known as blogger Bob, it's a <laughs> TSA public affairs specialist, and he um, is a social media lead that runs the agency's Instagram. Okay. Bob Burns says, quote, when people come to our account, they're surprised we've got an Instagram, first of all. Right. Secondly, they're kind of taken aback by the tone we use in a good way. Is this really a government agency having fun and talking to me like I'm a human? The shock value is, oh my God, these people are trying to bring these things on planes and I'm sitting next to these people, he added. It's kind of the perfect storm of this is pretty cool. I'm gonna follow this, end quote. So essentially it, it, it can be quite hilarious because they, they take pictures of things that are confiscated from people um, oh. when they're trying to go on planes. And, That's not like a violation of something? <laughs> um, I, you know what, who knows, maybe, I but I guess they've been getting away with it for a while, if it is, um, but I guess like <laughs> they don't say whose stuff it is, it's just okay. like a picture of the item, so yeah. mostly it's very lighthearted okay. because of the, you know, funny taglines that I'm assuming Bob gives, um, and then the photos are like, oh, like he said, oh my god, someone would actually try to go on a plane with that, right, so even if it's a serious thing, in the picture, like a weapon, you're like, who thought that they were going to get away with that, you know, kind of thing. It's like what goes through your mind when you look at it. Then it also has the search dogs and puppy pictures Aww. in there, which is, which is also quite Damn, cute. they're smart. That's a good, like, uh, <laughs> PR campaign. So they kind of spread it out. And then they, you know, put some serious ones in there as well. So it is, so like, like Bob was saying, it is, it can be funny. So Burns doesn't have a social media background, which is surprising, and didn't even plan on a career in aviation security. He was actually a struggling musician 
and started to work for the TSA as a screener in Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky International um, Airport in 2002 as a way to just make a steadier income. Okay. He volunteered to become the spokesman for our spokesman for the TSA Advisory Council. And then his bosses eventually asked him, hey, hey, Bob, you want to start a blog for the TSA? And they asked him to do that in 2008. So Jimmy Kimmel eventually, or very shortly after he made it, mentioned it, mentioned the blog on his late night show um, saying, quote, the TSA has more hashtags than a 13-year-old girl, end quote. Um, I'm assuming it was in his open uh, opening monologue. That's my guess. And the number of the followers of that blog kept on growing from there. Oh, wow. So after the success of the blog from blogger Bob, the Instagram account um, was also then started by Burns, but in 2013. After two years, it had nearly 870,000 followers. Wow. In 2015, Rolling Stone deemed it the fourth best Instagram account on its list of top 100 accounts. That's awesome. Which at the time was one slot above who do you think? The Rock? Beyonce. What? Yes. PSA was above Beyonce? Queen Bay, yes. Oh, if yes, I were the, the other bay, not me. Yes. <laughs> Queen Bay so, number two. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it, TSA was one slot in 2015 at this time uh, above Beyonce's account. Yes. Damn. I'd be and like, now, I want a raise. I hope they gave Bob a raise. <laughs> I hope he gets something because this, this clearly worked out. It was a, it was a good idea. So it now has at least 1 million followers um, today. So it's just growing and growing and growing. And now we can say it has 1 million and one because we follow it. Oh my God. That's so great. (laughs) (laughs) So Burns said, if the TSA can't do it, or if the TSA can do it, I am having a serious reading issue. I'm like changing every word. If the TSA can do it, anybody can do it. We're actually changing the conversation from, I had to wait in this line. TSA is so horrible to... Did you see what TSA is finding? Now, I understand why I have to wait in these lines. There's all this crazy stuff, end quote. I'm, uh... <laughs> There's all this crazy stuff. <laughs> now, obviously, I'm editorializing there just a tad. Um, but, you know, I felt it was needed for, for the sake of <laughs> the hilaria. Polarity um, <laughs> of the uh, of the of the Instagram. So uh, Burns doesn't take the photos. Um, he doesn't take the photos. Uh, he has um, like people from all over the United States. They the supervisors at the checkpoints. They take the photos and then they send them to him weekly. And then he even he gave some shade and said the photos usually have often poor lighting <laughs> oh he's getting a little a little bit full of himself. oh my goodness a little highbrow there for your insta account so um maybe use the filter i don't know each week he reviews those reports and he says that he gets um some 450 airports nationwide sending to him 
looking for oh. the most interesting incidents. And he works with the agency's national coordination centers to secure the photos from the airports. So maybe that has something to do with what you were saying as far as like what you're allowed to and not allowed to post and like right. you have to have permission from the airport itself to post it. So it's not just like, uh, you know, hey, Bob, look at this thing, post this on your, on your, on your gram. You know, it's, I think if there's some, some, some hoops that they have to jump through in order to get approval for the photos. I would hope so. If it's a government agency that it's not just like one dude saying, Hey, you know, yeah, it's cool picture. Um, Burns says, quote, it doesn't really have to be a strong picture. As long as the picture is of something, something interesting. And as long as I can back it up with a good caption, end quote, he said, <laughs> And there are some interesting captions. That's half the fun, I would say. While Burns enjoys entertaining people, it, it is important to note that the TSA's account is also supposed to serve a real purpose um, by, um, because it regularly highlights the number of firearms found um, in carry-ons as well as weapons in general. Um, and at the time um, when this article was written, uh, this particular one was from NBCNews.com, it was 79 a week was the average um, at, or that particular week. It was 79 firearms that had been found that week um, trying to go on a plane that had been confiscated. Um, and then the TSA at that time claimed that there was an average of 40 firearms often loaded that are seized at checkpoints every week. So that was around 2015. Well, um, scary um, to think that. Um, uh, and it's just so surprising. Like when you see these photos and you're just like, you're surprised that people think that they're going to get away with it. So I'm going to end with none other than my personal favorite, but of course a list of the highlights that stand out to me. Um, but of course, also the TSA Instagram account also shows standout employees programs and promotions. Um, and then of course those lovely alert dog photos, which yeah. is why you will then follow them. I'm sure. I, I would be curious, like if there were any, like, um, you know, good catches where it's like, you know, someone tried to sneak in something really dangerous or like, I mean, there's a lot of them. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, just, <laughs> just go on the account. Um, uh, so if you want to, uh, check it out, it's literally called TSA. <laughs> and then you know how it has like the little subtitle. This is like who it really is. It says travel tips and dad joke hits with a couple music notes. Um, and I, I just looked it up. As of today, it has 982,000 followers. So it's gone a little bit down. Uh, a million. Uh oh. Um, there are 300 and four people that they are following, the TSA is following, and then there are 1,917 posts since 2013. So out of that uh, 1,917 posts, I just found a couple of fun ones. So um, I found a lot of knives, like a lot of knives uh, hidden in pretty much everything, as well as guns hidden in deodorant, stuffed animals, lipstick, combs, pens, a bouquet of flowers, bicycle tires, and even an enchilada, 
wrapped in tinfoil. Now, some of them are like real, like thrown together, but some of them are like, you can tell it's like professionally made where you like literally take the cap of the lipstick off and it's just like a blade. That's like, it's purposefully meant this way. This is not something that someone just made in their backyard, you know? Yeah, it's and very- like the comb, they just like literally took it apart and there was like a giant blade coming out of it, you know? So they're definitely made as weapons. There was a Klingon batleth blade from star trek <laughs> which it kind of looks like a bow for like a bow and arrow arrow but imagine it has like a it's like that shape and it's probably that size too that's how big that sucker is like it's big and they thought they were going to get that through i guess um a grim reaper sickle blade um <laughs> I saw a couple of stun guns that actually looked like real cell phones, but they were actually stun guns. Oh, that's yeah. scary. Little James Bond there. Live eels in a bag of water. The person was attempting to transport 163 tropical fish and 22 invertebrates from Maracaibo um, or to Maracaibo from Miami they did surrender the animals to wildlife fish and game this this reminds me of a show that i think george watched on netflix or one of those and it was it was i don't know if it was tsa but it was um people trying to get ridiculous things through um for customs yeah through customs and then they would show like the um, they had to take it into a warehouse basically to like saw these things open Mm -hmm. like it was just so so much work had been done but they always like i was really impressed they they always caught Not them. Much got well, that we know of. That's true. We don't know about the ones that made it through. <laughs> that, that is very true. But I mean, you'd have to think of something pretty creative. Sometimes it's not even confiscated things that they post because there was this one, I could not believe it. Um, from the Newark Liberty International Airport was a $1 million gold and diamond encrusted Cartier watch that someone left somehow in the airport (laughs) wow if you're just like dropping those you know i hope it was insured (laughs) yeah geez i wonder if it was like uh was it sort of a you know when someone leaves a briefcase because like you know some sort of i mean can you imagine and a very nice person who probably said hi i found this on the floor (laughs) Um, that you know like in batman where he has the little batman shaped throwing stars yeah that was confiscated um a giant fully inflated pink flamingo um inflatable for the pool you know where it's like the donut shape and then it's got the head yeah and, like you sit inside the donut that was confiscated what? um what's wrong because they had it inflated i guess i don't know um, or maybe it was just a photo to to highlight that this is an unusual thing that someone tried to bring in. Yeah. In the Erie International Airport, a live cat was hidden in someone's suitcase. Oh, I cat. know. I hope it survived. Oh, it did. Because I mean, oh. they found it. And the picture was of the cat just sitting in there chilling like, with the person's clothes. You know, to be fair, my mom's cat loves suitcases. So mm. probably not being zipped up in one, but. Okay. All right. So I can see if you are incredibly just like super busy, rushed, not paying yeah. attention, perhaps I mean, maybe it probably, it probably wasn't an accident. 
that would be really fun. No, oh my god I didn't know it was in there but imagine like there's no way that cat's not peeing all over your stuff oh yeah there's the no cat way. will never let you live that down or for- like ha- at least hairball and stuff everywhere you know yeah and you would probably it'd be meowing I mean I guess it's kind of loud in an airport but I mean that's probably how they found it yeah it's just like or you know went through that scanner <laughs> wait a minute oh yeah that looks like a skeleton um there was a human skull that was found oh my god um, I'm curious what if that were they like hiding a body trying to no like, i don't think it had been a result of a murder like i think a, it was like an archaeological type okay. thing um still kind of odd um a little bit a chainsaw that was one of my favorites where you see like the tsa agent guy just literally just like holding it up like hmm, um just another day at tsa <laughs> moose droppings aka oh. poop pellets um <laughs> in a plastic bag from a passenger that was taking it home after their fun visit in alaska gotta you know, have some many- people go to alaska for the mushrooms some go for the moose droppings hello <laughs> <laughs> um ceremonial ribbon cutting scissors you know like the giant scissors oh. um I, they didn't look like they were like real in any way um freddy krueger glove with knives you know oh, part and, of the um the last was an endangered dead seahorses in an oversized liquor bottle that was filled with oh. liquid and that was the end. So, you know, if you want an, an interesting, if you're bored and you want an interesting little little moment here, yeah, um, uh, go ahead and follow. And, you know, I'm oh, looking here Bob. and I see at least one of the people that is our loyal listeners. You know, it tells you like who else is yeah, really following. Can. One of our loyal listeners is already already following. <laughs> shout out to you um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so that was it that was my topic so hopefully you don't ever um get stopped and uh get your stuff taken your pictures up <laughs> yeah hopefully i don't accidentally bring bring in something ridiculous i mean like i could see like accidents like if someone has like something there were a couple things that were like novelty things where they were like a lighter or um like it was like shaped like a grenade but it was like lipstick or like chapstick you know like i can see like people not thinking about it and it's just something that you just happen to have like on your keychain or you have like in your bag or in your purse and it's shaped like something and it's like a novelty thing and you're like oh that's right i'm not supposed to bring this or like you have like your pepper spray with you or something like that and then you're like oh crap i'm not supposed to bring this or people who carry pocket knives with them all the time you know like i can totally see those people doing it by accident but yeah <laughs> i like, think it's pretty safe to say like most of these planes very often <laughs> most of these were clearly thought out you don't just throw eels in your bag and say, let's get right. out of here. Don't put seahorses in a bottle and just say, you let's, know, let's buy a ticket to somewhere. You know, let's just look up at that board. <laughs> Pick a spot, honey. I'm treating. I know, right? Well, that was, that was a very interesting topic. I never knew that about the TSA. Well, I'm glad they're, um, you know, that they're getting back into the good graces. I, I always think of the, um, 
South Park episode. I might have, I don't know if I've mentioned it. I've never, no. They're like, they, they're like telling people to like, check, take off your shoes, bend over so we can check your assholes. <laughs> That's a hard no for me. <laughs> oh my God, I was dying. I'll walk. <laughs> bend over. <laughs> <sighs> all right well we will catch you in another two thursdays hope you enjoyed this lovely little episode yes and, thank uh, you for joining as she yawns oh sleepy time good, good night <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs>